Welcome to the New Mind Creator Podcast with your host, Maurice, the New Mind Creator. Today, I'll be interviewing Adrian Shepard. Make sure to hit the subscribe button so that you'll receive alerts when new episodes are available each week on Sundays at 9 p.m. Eastern Time. Adrian, how has COVID uh, impacted your martial arts training, if at all? Um. Well, of course, it slowed it down, <laughs> uh, like most people uh, in this uh, crazy uh, time. Unfortunately, we have a few, uh, you know, uh, hiccups along the way. And, um, yeah, of course, I wasn't able to head over to my dojo for about a month or so. Uh, but here in Japan, um, we're lucky that the government has not been that rigid with the, the lockdowns since that time. And so... Life has returned pretty much to normal over here, except uh, social distancing and the mask, of course. Uh, but uh, I was able to return to my uh, dojo, um, I guess, back in June. And uh, since that time, luckily, my son was able to earn his uh, black belt. So, yeah, all good. Yeah. And how long has your son been uh, training? Well, he started when he was seven. Uh, he started karate when he was four, but he started uh, Aikido when he was seven. So he's been doing it for five years. Wow, and a black belt. Wow, mm-hmm. that's pretty cool. <laughs> yeah. So, how is um, how is the COVID situation in Japan? I know here in the U.S. we've had an uptick because we haven't really regulated a lot of things as far as um, we do social distancing and you know, but it's lax. I would mm-hmm. say. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Well, here, um, Japan did a pretty good job early on uh keeping the numbers now down but as you said you know there's been an uptick and i think it's to do with the weather uh because it's getting cold over here and viruses love to thrive in this kind of environment so unfortunately um we've hit new highs regularly in the past few uh, weeks it's a little bit concerning but um japanese people just basically um there, I don't know. Uh, we follow the rules over here. <laughs> uh, if the government says to wear masks, we wear masks. There's no real, you know, questions or feelings that some sort of conspiracy going on. People just accept it, and you know that's what we do. Uh, life goes on over here, thankfully, but um, it is a little bit troublesome. Or oh, sorry, not I shouldn't say troublesome. I said it's a little bit worrisome uh, for the um, you know the hospital staff because. Uh, you know, they're struggling uh, under the, the increase of increased numbers. But hopefully um, things won't get as bad as they were in Europe or America, which has been a little bit tough, I can see in the news. But um, with any luck, uh, hopefully we will avoid the brunt of COVID. Sure. So do you think this um, lockdown per se that we've been on for some time, to some degree, um, do you think that can help increase a person's productivity? Because I think of it as gaining more time because sometimes people are allowed to work from home, cuts down the travel time to and from work, uh, limited interaction with friends they would go out with on the weekend. So that uh, uh, equivalates to more time. Uh, what do you think about it? I think you hit the nail on the head, Maurice. I mean, absolutely. 
Um, you know, the big thing, especially in, for the average American, is you know, 50 minutes a day commuting. And that's you know, a sizable amount of time if you add it all up over the year. So that time has now been put into time they either spend doing their work or time they spend with their family. Either way, that's a good investment in time, if you ask me. Um, I think that, unfortunately, uh, it's not always been easy for uh, people to deal with the COVID-19 situation. But those people who were able to adopt the work-from-home model um, have definitely been able to, in general, increase their productivity. You know, it always helps when you don't have your boss breathing down your neck and you have all that pressure. That being said, there are those people who, you know, um, they need that uh, hand-holding in the beginning because they're just getting started and they've just joined the company. And so without that help, uh, for those people, it's been a little bit tougher. So I think companies are still adjusting to this work-from-home model and they need to figure it out to help like new employees to get, reach the level that um, you know, average, the, the average employee used to have. So it's, a, it's, I think, a balancing act right now. Sure. So when, when did you realize that you were really good at writing and you can express your feelings through writing? Um, about 10 years ago, I, I, or maybe 12 years ago, I got the idea of writing a book. Um, I went through a uh, life-changing experience in the form of a tsunami. And I think I told you about that previously. Uh, at that time, I really thought, you know, what if I, you know, tomorrow's my last day. And so I thought, you know, I've got to get some of my ideas and my thoughts down on paper. So I started writing and that was where my first book, I Succeed, was born. Um, but um, over time, I... I I decided I wanted to share more ideas, but I didn't want to go through writing a book every time because it's a, it's quite an intensive process, uh, even with the, all the tricks and, and techniques I've learned over the years. Um, so I decided to just focus on blog uh, or short articles here and there. And so I just wrote every day uh, or a few times a week, I should say. Um, you know, when you've done it enough, you just get better. Uh, then I moved. I got an opportunity to work for the Huffington Post. So I wrote for them for a while, and then that helped open other doors. And so now I've written for, you know, Business Insider, Entrepreneur.com, Inc.com, The Good Men Project, um, Lifehack, um, you know, all sorts of other uh, big name um, publications that many of your listeners may be aware of. So how did the opportunity to write for the Huffington Post come about? You know, I don't know. Uh, it was way back when. And um, I think I was just looking on Facebook one day and somebody mentioned that they were on the Huffington Post and there was an opportunity to write for them, but they just had to, you know, submit their information and, and apply. And I thought, you know, gosh, that maybe that's the better way of doing it. Because until that time, I'd just been writing on my blog and getting, you know, pittance <laughs> when it comes to views. I thought, OK, let's, uh, you know, why not? take this opportunity and, you know, give it a shot. I mean, I might get rejected, but uh, let's see what happens. And lo and behold, I was given a contributor, contributor account. So um, just one of those things, you know, I, for me, I use social media as a way to expand my business or expand my influence, whereas many people use it just to keep in touch with their friends and see what restaurants they're going to or, you know, what memes they're putting up. 
me, I use it as a source of information to write blogs, to, to read, find out what's going on in the news because I don't want to spend the time to watch the news myself. And um, I'm always looking for these opportunities. I managed to get, uh, I won a, a $10,000 uh, $10, training uh, opportunity with one mentor simply because I just, um, you know, wrote something on his blog one day. And um, yeah, these are the opportunities that come up mainly from just keeping my eyes open uh, online. I think that's so amazing because I'm thinking that this writing gift was always there and it, for whatever reason, well, I can, I wouldn't say for whatever reason, but that real traumatic experience of being in the tsunami and seeing how it impacted your area and so forth really like jolted you almost, it seems like. Mm -hmm. I think, I think that's fair to say, you know, um, I think we're all given gifts. I mean, there are those people who might not think they're gifted at anything, but I think the truth is just that they haven't had the right opportunities. I mean, I'm sure there are some people out there that can play the piano better than Beethoven or Mozart. They just have never had a chance to, and they just, you know, they'll never know that that's the talent they have inside them. Uh, that's just, you know, that's one of those weird things that happens in life. Sometimes you find your talent or you don't, but for me, I mean, writing didn't come natural at first. I mean, I just wrote and wrote and wrote and wrote, and uh, I just slowly got better at it. You know, the more you do something, you, you eventually get better at it. Yes, true. I definitely agree. So I know over the last two years, you mentioned uh, major publications that you've written for. Mm -hmm. And did those just come about, I guess, because of people seeing your work with uh, the previous ones or how did that go? Well, um, you know, I, I wrote to uh, the Huffington Post and applied and I got in. Um, and then unfortunately they changed the system. And so I lost that account. So I thought, well, there must be other, there must be other publications out there um, that are looking for writers. And so um, I started, you know, applying to different ones. And uh, yeah, I mean, there, there's a process and some of them are easy and some of them are harder and the systems have changed over the years. But uh, basically you just, you know, say, hey, um, I'm Adrian Shepard. Uh, this is what I like writing about. And these are my experiences. And I have some, ex you know, some blog posts I can show you, or these are some uh, links to the articles that I've written previously. And then, you know, uh, would you be interested in, you know, you're just basically pitching them. You know, it's kind of a sales pitch. You're trying to sell them on, you know, the, your ability to write. And, you know, maybe they have an, a need um, for a niche, for example, like right now, diversity is hot. Or um, maybe they want somebody who wants to talk about social justice or uh, someone who wants to talk about, um, you know, niche industries or things like that. And so if you can you know, um, I don't know, uh, I don't know, scratch that itch that they've got, then, you know, you're golden. Yeah. And I know your theme is, you know, productivity and time management. Mm -hmm. um, how do you think COVID has impacted the leadership uh, within organizations? Because I know there are different uh, styles and types of leadership and, there's a separation now from even getting close to someone 
when you're training them, you you know, you have your mask on and you want to be six feet apart. And the connection, the social connection has diminished. So you have to use, uh, you know, uh, video conferencing calls um, and emails more. So how do you think it's been impacted? Well, I think it's, uh, you know, everyone's just learning as they go, because this is something that's never happened before, really. I mean, the last time we had such a pandemic, you know, worldwide was, you know, 100 years ago. So you can't even compare, you know, 1918 to 2020 in the sense of technology and the way we live our lives. It's like night and day. And so, you know, I think we've just gotten used to the way life was. And we never thought anything was going to change. And unfortunately, it's hit us hard. And uh, people are, I wouldn't say panicking, but people are finding it uh, hard to adjust to this new norm. Uh, Of course, a lot of people don't like masks. Uh, It's uncomfortable. It's hot. I mean, me, I just accept it as what it is. I, I can't do anything about it. I think you're right about the video conferencing and video calls. And we've got to get used to that. And, and, and feeling comfortable on camera is a different, um, you know, a different skill to learn than just talking to a few people on, in, a, in a room. When you're just talking to this, this screen in front of you, people kind of clam up and feel kind of sometimes inauthentic. And so they have to work at it again. Um, you know, training, you can't do you know, big groups anymore, like big, you know, big uh, events where you have 100 people, 200 people in a room. That's just not going to happen anymore. So... You know, um, everything shifted to the online model and um, more and more companies are having to reach out to, I think, consultants uh, that specialize in certain things that they just themselves can't or just don't really have any ability to do it uh, at present. I think that will change over time. I think companies will get better at dealing with uh, the things that they need to do over time because that's just how companies, you know, work over time. They you know, they react and then over time they find the way, the best way to approach things. But um, I definitely think that uh, it's, it's, we're still in early stages right now. And uh, I talked to some companies uh, and of course, um, because COVID happened just this past year, you know, there's a lot of panic mode and uh, everybody didn't know what was going on. And now I think we're kind of settling into things and now we can, really get a handle on what we can do uh, to make our companies run smoother. Uh, but yeah, I think, I think just we're, uh, you know, on training wheels right now. I think it's the best way to describe it. I don't know if that's answered your question, but. Yeah. Yeah. Um, this is still new. And just like the virus, we're, you know, uh, doctors and scientists are learning more about it as time goes along, you know? Um, so yeah, I definitely believe that. So uh, could you talk a little bit about uh, time management? Uh, A little bit more specific. (laughs) Um, A little bit more um, like time management in itself, how, uh, you know, it helps, um, you know, businesses, how it can help, you know, individuals um, as well. Just being able to, you know, have good time management. Well, one of the things people misunderstand is that they say they've got, you know, um, I don't know, let's say they, they say I, I used eight hours of time today. Uh, and they said I was, you know, I was very productive. 
And the next day they have another eight hours and people assume that they can achieve the same amount of productivity because they have the same amount of time. And that's just not the way it works. Uh, we have to understand that time can be utilized well and it can be used poorly. Uh, and if you use it, even though you've got the same amount of time, you know, I, I can do something that maybe you can't, you know, only in 30 minutes time, but it might take you eight hours um, and vice versa. There's things that you can do that I can't do. So we've got to understand that, you know, although we have the same amount of time pretty much available to us, you know, minus our, um, you know, certain things that are unique to our lives, um, we've got to understand that the amount of time that we have, and that's to, for ourselves, for our family, and for our business or our dream and goals and things like that, it's really limited. And we've got to make the maximum amount of, make that time mm, as productive as possible so that you're getting the, the most out of it. It's like squeezing like an orange. You know, if you do it one way, like you know, with your bare hand, you get X amount of juice. But if you use a, a juicer, you get even more juice. And you think, where the heck did that extra juice come from? And that's the concept of time management for me is this squeezing that extra juice out of the time that we already have. So you created the one bit time management system. Um, how has that been helpful? You know, your feedback, of course, people giving you feedback and companies giving you feedback. How has that been uh, helpful to uh, companies and individuals? Well, my system is pretty much based on one simple thing, and that's the concept of simplicity. Uh, I think too many people in today's world complicate things and make things harder than they need to be. Um, my experience is that most people are actually better at time management than they know. Unfortunately, they just don't know what they're doing wrong. Um, there are people who know what they're doing wrong, and they just they they can it's easy, an easy fix. Other people just don't know what they're doing wrong. They don't find the holes in their system in their life where that's they're losing their time or where they're losing their productivity. And so, for those people, you just need to find you know plug those holes for them. For some people, it might be email that they just get stuck in the, in their inbox too much, and it just sucks time away from them. For other people, it's meetings that they just let meetings drag on or go way beyond what they need to be. They're not using them effectively. Uh, the people, they don't manage people well. They don't delegate well. You know, everybody has a, a unique point that that's their, that's their issue. I think one thing that um, unfortunately is, is becoming clear to me a lot of times is unfortunately a lot of people neglect their own health when it comes to life. They, they put all their you know, heart and soul into their business or their job and trying to get ahead and get a promotion but in the process they neglect their own health and you know they pay the price later on i know this one guy he averages four hours of hours of sleep you know a night and he's been doing that since he's 20 he's like 46 years old now and i was talking to um you know one of the uh gurus i know uh when in, in health and he says he's gonna die you know he's just killing himself and his productivity is nowhere near where it needs to be. And, and that, I absolutely agree because you're, you can, it's like, you know, if you've got a car and uh, one tire pops and you're going, you're driving along, you can still drive, but it's like grinding into the ground with this one wheel. that's just got, you know, just, it's no tire left. And that's just not, you, you can get, you can keep going, but you're, you're just kind of grinding the metal there. 
So um, I just want to get people into trying to look at their lives or their, how they're approaching their business. And, you know, we're trying to strip it down to its bare essentials and figure out where their mistakes are and then slowly plug each one of them. And then from there, we've got a good foundation because if we can't plug those holes, all the techniques and strategies we give people, they just, unfortunately, they just seem to not be as effective as they could be. So that's what I think my system really looks at is the mistakes that people are making. Yeah. So it, it seems like, because, you know, entrepreneurs, uh, I've heard entrepreneurs speak and saying, you know, you have to put in the 18 hour days, 20 hour days, sometimes mm-hmm. or whatever. And seemingly as if that alone, that investment alone of time is going to, uh, make the business greater, mm-hmm. but it seems like, you know, organizing and uh, is more uh, appropriate, most likely what you're doing, organizing it better and possibly even spending less time in being more effective. I'm sorry. Somehow I think I got cut off there a little bit. Um, so excuse me, that last oh. thing again, I apologize. So, yeah. So it sounds like just spending mm-hmm. 18 hours a day in a business or 20 hours, um, that is one thing, but it doesn't necessarily mean that it's going to benefit and profit the business. Uh, it appears that if you are more direct and more st- strategic in doing something, it could lessen the amount of time being spent in the business but it could possibly make it uh, more fruitful, I guess. Well, you know, I mean, if you're six feet under, you know, it's not, no matter how good the business is, you've kind of failed in my opinion. You know, one of my friends, that's what happened to him. You know, he was, uh, you know, multimillionaire yacht, you know, you know, two very, very nice cars, nice apartment, you know, his kids go to private school and he's in the hospital at the age 40, can barely move for three months. You know, he was on, you know, death's, uh, doorstep um and that's actually one of the things that inspired me to do to create my program because i saw that a lot of people have kind of followed that advice of just you know putting their nose to the grindstone and i respect that i respect hard work i have no problem with hard work in fact i believe that it's it's critical to all our success but there's a point where hard work is just you're hurting yourself now and you're hurting your chances for success because, yeah, your company might be successful, but what happens if you can't operate anymore? And then will it still be successful without you? I can't say. You might be critical for that. I mean, can you imagine Elon Musk, you know, having health problems now? I mean, do you think Tesla stock would, you know, be rocketing ahead? There's no way. You know, people would be like, oh, my gosh. I mean, everything is behind Musk. So it really depends on the business and the business model you have. And I do think we do need to put in hard work. But I think that more and more people are understanding that there there is more of a balance in life to truly be successful it's uh tony robbins has a great thing i forget the wheel of life or something like that but he has eight different categories and he says you know rank yourself in each area you know contribution work family health and he says after at the end you know you draw your circle and you see you know you've got big bumps if can you imagine driving around on that wheel and it, it won't be very comfortable um the people who have really in my opinion are successful are people who've got it all they've got their business they've got family they've got their health they've got their friends you know that's uh, that's true success for me 
Right. So how do you think a person's uh, mindset uh, contributes to the way they go about their business? Well, you know, mindset is where it really all begins. Um, I didn't realize that, you know, when I was younger. You know, my youth, I just thought it was all about uh, skills, you know, your skill set, uh, getting more skills. But, you know, I, I think it was Jim Rohn, my mentor, who, who said that, um, you know, um, one of the five pieces of uh, the, the life puzzle, he calls it, the first set, the first one is, is your, your mind, uh, your mindset and how you, you see things, because that shapes everything. That shapes how you approach work. It, is, it shapes how you approach your family and your life and education and spending money. I mean, that's really where it all begins. I mean, there are some people who make, you know, very, very, very good salaries. The problem is they spend even more than their very good salaries. And they're, you know, digging themselves in, a, you know, a, gra a, a grave, you know. Um, so, yeah, to me, mindset is, is really where it all begins. I mean, some people, you can give them all the tactics in the world, but the problem is their mindset, they, 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 they're just not willing to change their mindset. So they, they don't go full on in on, they don't buy the new tactics because they have to change their mindset. And if they're not willing to do that, then they're never going to get the full amount of impact from you know the skill or strategy that they learn. Right. So, and oftentimes too, um, uh, not every single time, but I know we tend to mimic also the behavior of a parent or a guardian in the house. If we see someone who's been, been influential in our lives and their work ethic, work ethic, we tend to mimic that Absolutely. as well. Yep, definitely. Yeah. So do you think the guy who was working, who has been operating off of four hours of sleep since he was 20, do you think he would listen to someone who is uh, trying to, you know, tell him he's really <laughs> killing himself? You know, a lot of people, you know, they, they mm, you know, it's tough. Um, you, you know, everyone is different because we're all emotional animals. And so you just got to find a way to present the material to them that they'll listen. I mean, and that's hard. I mean, for some person, for some people, it may be, maybe they love baseball, right? So if they see like their baseball star ha struggling with life because he's, you know, neglecting his health, they, it kind of suddenly rings true to them. So you just kind of, you know, if you listen to enough stories or give them enough ideas, you know, eventually that idea will, will grow, but, but it's really tough because, you know, in this environment, we're put under a lot of pressure uh, to achieve. And so, as I, I think I used the word earlier, but it's a balancing act, really. And, for the, and finding the things that, that, I don't know, are weaknesses. And so, um, you know, it's really tough. I wish I could, I wish I had an answer. Uh, but the guy who does four hours, yeah, he's not going to listen until he gets the mindset shift, which is it's tough. So you got to you got to deal with that first, really, in my opinion. Yeah, sometimes uh, pain mm -hmm. uh, is a catalyst for mm -hmm. that as well. Sometimes um, mm -hmm. it doesn't have to mm -hmm. be, but sometimes so. it is. Yeah, yeah. So um, not many people have been able to write for major publications, online publications, or print publications. So did, did there was there anything that 
preceded those opportunities, meaning um, were there obstacles that you had to endure or, or overcome? Because it seems like there's to a great opportunity. Sometimes it appears that there are some challenges that precede well, them. You know, it wasn't just, you know, right. And I got in, I mean, um, there's always challenges and you're going to get rejections. You're going to get, you know, you'll, you'll be ignored uh, for months sometimes. Um, the best thing you can do is, uh, you know, do a little digging, do a little research, follow the right people on, online that are doing what you want to do. Uh, if you want to write for these publications, I mean, you can just follow some of my work and see what I'm doing. Reach out to the authors of those the articles that you like and, a lot of them are approachable. I mean, I'm approachable. Uh, that's how, you know, you got in touch with me. You just wrote, you reached out to me. I said, Hey, how are you doing? You know, um, people, I think are, there's a, a lot, people are very giving. And if you just are very sincere and ask them nicely, um, just say, Hey, you know, how, how would I get started as a writer? Just write to somebody. Let's say you want to get into, I don't know, time magazine, just re reach out to a few of the, the authors there. And, um, They'll give you. They'll say, "Oh yeah, sure. This is a this is a way to do it, or uh, you should do this." And you can just say, "Hey, do you have any tips or advice so I can follow?" Um, but uh, you know, expect it to you know be a lengthy process. You're not going to get in right away. Um, you will be ignored. I've been ignored. I'm still ignored uh, <laughs> from some publications. But just uh, I just don't give up. Um, just keep writing and uh, keep sharing ideas. I think. Uh, if you do, if you share enough good ideas, eventually things take hold. Um, and of course, you know, you've got to understand that you might not be a great writer today, uh, but just don't stop. Don't give up because that's what's holding you back. Just just try, just write and read, you know, read a lot, read, pick up authors, uh, you know, follow authors, as I said, that you like, read how they, you know, write their articles, mimic their style, doesn't have to be perfect. Uh, one one technique I can give you know your listeners right now that I think is a really you know quick quick way to get through this process is let's say you want to write on productivity, just follow me, um, read five or six or seven of my articles on productivity, and then if you find one that you like, let's say I'm talking about the pandemic, productivity in the pandemic, and you say, "Oh, that's a cool topic. I'd like to write on that." And so then you Google search that and you find a few other authors writing on a similar topic, read those articles, and then just basically pick a few points from mine, a few points from his, a few points from others, and then maybe one or two points of your own, and then, you know, create your own article. Don't, don't plagiarize, but, you know, just use that as a springboard, springboard to, you know, get started. And, you know, you never know where it'll take you. Right. So um, your um, one bit time management sis, uh, system has definitely um, been able to help people and you've seen results from that. Um, how has that uh, been helpful uh, in parenting? Well, you know, my ultimate goal, um, although I, I love helping businesses and individuals succeed in, in their work or in achieving their goals, um, I think why I do what I do is because I want parents to be able to spend time. I want people to be able to spend time doing what they love. And for a lot of parents, that's spending time with their kids. 
to watch them at their peewee game or um, you know, watch their swimming competition or attend their karate uh, competition, even though in this environment it's not that easy. But we want to be able to spend time with our kids. I know I do. And so um, time management just allows you to be more successful at your job because you can get more done. That, that can lead to more promotions, and more money, better lifestyle. Um, it leaves, it allows you, you know, that money to be able to maybe hire people, maybe, maybe even, uh, get, uh, you know, made if possible in some certain places in the world. Um, if you're an entrepreneur to help let your business grow and help you grow the team around you so that you don't have to be there all the time. And, you know, uh, you can then leave, you know, take the time off that you need, that you want to, um, and then, you know, if that's, if parenting is your thing, if you're, you know, and you love ten, spending time with your parents, sorry, spending time with your kids like I do, then um, that's what time management will do. It will, you know, change everything, really, in my opinion. So it sounds like it could definitely give you more time to spend with kids as well, because if your business is, you know, running smoothly and you have the uh, proper systems in place, uh, it affords you more time to yeah. spend with family. Yeah. yeah. So you mm -hmm. mentioned uh, Jim Rohn uh, mm -hmm. as your mentor. Um, could you talk a little bit about that experience, uh, his mentorship oh, well, you know, in your life? When I say that uh, my mentorship, I mean, Jim Rohn was really my virtual mentor. You know, I mean, we just, I mean, I just listened to him. Uh, I got every, every program I ever got of his um, and I just went through it over and over and over again. So I, I never actually met him. I was able to talk to him once on the phone to let him know how much he inspired me and everything like that. But really just, he was my virtual mentor. I've had, I've had other mentors in person. I've had a mentor here in Japan who helped me uh, build my business and he's still working with me today and he's mentoring me in real estate now. Um, I have a mentor in England. I have a mentor in the States. Um, but I wish I'd had the chance to uh, be mentored by Jim Rohn himself. But um, unfortunately, uh, he was not really well uh, when I really got to know his uh, material. So that was a real shame on my part. But um, I believe that uh, every time I you know, turn on my iPhone and listen to him, I feel he's right in the, he's in the room with me. And the more I listen to him, the more I and of course, you know, as my life changes, I hear new things through his words, even though I've heard his material over and over and over again, as my life changes, it, the, the things that he says take on new meaning. So, yeah. Gotcha. So what, what, uh, what's one thing, and I'm sure you've learned several things throughout your time following him and reading through his material, listening and, you know, even reading possibly through his material, what's one thing that, uh, you've really learned that you've implemented implemented uh in your well, my favorite quote like of his is, is um don't wish it were easier wish you were better don't wish for less problems wish for more skills um and there's a third part but that to me was a life-changing um quote you know i i never looked at it that way you know we always complain about how tough it is how the problem is so hard or it's it's it again it is going to stop us or prevent us or slow us down but the truth is that 
it is not going to change. The problem is what it is, whether that's work or uh, life or a friendship or whatever. Whatever that problem is, it, it's there. And the only way that we can really make it disappear is with our own ability or our own skills. So I just dedicated my life to becoming better. That's it at everything I do. And I, I was doing this when I was younger. I mean, but I wasn't doing it in every aspect of my life. I was doing it in certain areas of my life. But when I heard that, I realized that this applies to everything, whether it's business or parenting. You know, I just try to be better every day, just that little bit. And over time, you know, you access the, the power of the compounding effect. You know, it, you move up exponentially rather than linear, linearly. So, yeah, that for me is something that uh, I, I've learned from him. And I wish everybody uh, can learn that lesson. So it, it definitely sounds like um, even your tsunami experience, it sounds like you uh, took that experience and even though you had, I'm sure, various different feelings and uh, thoughts about it, but it made you better in a way because you began writing to express your thoughts and, you know, get your feelings out there. You know, many people would look at what I went through, uh, such a traumatic experience in the form of the tsunami, you know, life and death situation as something, you know, devastating to their lives. But for me, it was just the opposite. I mean, I was given a second chance at life. I mean, how lucky can you, you know, get? I mean, really, thousands of people, thousands and thousands, thousands of people lost their lives that day. My room imploded in, around me. It was terrifying. But for one reason or another, I, I can't really explain it. I'm still here. And if I don't take advantage of that, then, you know, that's on me. And I mean... You know, this year, my wife went through some, you know, serious issues. Of course, most people are dealing with COVID situation. We had COVID and my, my wife's health scare. I mean, again, we can't change what is, you know, but we can, you know, learn from it. We can grow from it and we can use it to make ourselves better. And that's really what I try and do about everything. I mean, I've been through bank almost been through bankruptcy twice. Very tough times, dark times. But. You know, you just keep going, just keep plugging along and good things happen through hard work. That's what I've found. Um, but, you know, it's easy to get disheartened when things aren't going away, when things look the darkest, you know, it's hard to believe that things are going to get better, but they are. Yeah. So sounds like uh, endurance is a part of life too, mm -hmm. a part of that equation there. Um, so many things in this life. Um, life is not necessarily black and white. There's a, a lot of gray in there that um, we have to, mm -hmm. you know, walk through. Um, yeah. So how how has um, your wife's uh, situation um, has it impacted your productivity? In well, any way? it forced me to, you know change my life a little bit in the sense that I had to, you know, this, this, this new shift, I had to take on more responsibilities around the house. Um, I had to you know, adjust my schedule and make things work for my situation. Um, I had to, of course, take my wife back and forth to the hospital for various tests and, 
and an operation and things like that. And she was hospitalized for two or three weeks. Um, you know, I had to, you know, hold down the fort as we like to say in our family. Um, yeah, I mean, I couldn't do everything I wanted to do, but the thing is the most important thing for me is my family, of course. And that comes first. And my, I explained that, you know, to all my clients that their family should come first as well. You know, I, although they're you know, having a, you know, having, being successful is important. You know, you can't let that, you know, impact your, your family, losing your family, at the, you know, for the sake of achieving success, I, I don't think is, I don't think is success, as I said earlier. So um, you've just got to, you know, you've just got to take a look at the things that you can, you know, move around and shift around. And I changed my schedule uh, to accommodate things. I talked to clients and they understood. Uh, people are very understanding if you are sincere about your requests um COVID-19 has made things crazier than ever but um yeah um uh, you, you just got to roll with the punches right yeah and I know that it's important to you know have a balanced life um you know because you can as you've said uh, in so many words already you can you know you can be successful in business you can be lacking in your family because you haven't spent that time, that time management again. It hasn't been dedicated to that part of your life, you know, or the health part of your life, because that's important, too, because if we're not healthy, we don't have a healthy mindset, uh, healthy body, good eating habits. That all is intertwined to some degree, even though like the analogy with the car tire, you could be going along, you know, but if that one of those tires are, you know, not functioning well, is not functioning well, at some point, it's going to definitely stop mm -hmm. at some point. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. 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 So how has your uh, how has your wife uh, been doing now? Has she gotten um, better? Yeah, thank you for asking. I appreciate it. Thankfully, you know, uh, it, you know, best case scenario, I mean, we got really lucky. Um, it was it was scary. Uh, I'm not going to lie. And uh, it was touch and go uh, for a while. But in the end, it turned out to be the best case scenario. I mean, the operation was successful. Uh, she's doing great with her recovery. Um, yeah. I mean, we're just very blessed. Good. And um, how, how long have you been, um, I guess, have you, you've made some uh, contributions in writing about parenting and productivity how long have you been implementing the parenting uh, pretty much since uh, my son was born <laughs> you know I, I i wanted oh, to okay. use uh the ideas that i learned um uh, from productivity i i i was like okay you know what i'm gonna i'm gonna apply them to my own son I, i'm not i don't want to use them as like a, a i don't know a uh, guinea pig or anything like that but I just believe that these ideas worked and they worked for adults as well as kids and kids can do incredible things if you give them incredible things to do. And that's what I, you know, I set a challenge for my son to, you know, uh, learn martial arts and become a swimmer. And he's just taking them and run with it. But, you know, as I said, he's got a black belt in Aikido, but he's also got a black belt in Karate, you know, two black belts at the age of 12, I guess, as my father would say, you know, not too shabby. Um, yeah. Uh, uh, what is it um he's also and that and these are just they're not his main you know 
exercise. His main uh, exercise is, or his main sport is swimming. Uh, he spends, you know, six hours or eight hours a week in the pool. And he got to go to the Junior Olympics twice. And um, his team is ranked, uh, you know, top 10 in Japan. So, you know, he has, a, he has an opportunity to maybe win another medal this year. So, and I, and, and I really have to say that it's all from applying the concepts that I learned of uh, time management over the past uh, 15 years or so. So he's able to implement uh, time management in his own life mm-hmm. at such a young age as well. Right. So um, how did you, you know, you and your wife recognize that swimming? Was <laughs> that was quite thing? easy when he was a little kid. I mean, a baby. I mean, he just loved to be in the bath. I mean, it was just his first love, water. Um, and as he got older, he just loved his bath time. Bath time was his thing. And when he turned four, I just said, hey, would you like to learn how to swim? If you, if you would, I'll, I would, I'll get you a teacher. Um, would that be something you'd be interested in? And he was like, yep. So I was like, I mean, I didn't push him. I just guided him in there. Um, as for martial arts, again, same thing. I just said, hey, I think you should learn how to you know, protect yourself because there are dangers in the world from people sometimes. So what would you like to learn? And I gave him a few choices and he just, he said karate. So we started with karate, but as he got older, I suggested maybe we learn Aikido as well. And he accepted. And I was there with him, you know, every step of the way. I mean, when he went to swimming lessons, I was in the next lane. When, I, when he was doing Aikido and karate, I was in the dojo with him. I mean, I was next to him in the class. I felt like Kramer from Seinfeld who went to the, you know, kids karate lesson. And he's the only adult in the class. That was me. I was the only adult in the class. Every kid was, I, I remember my first karate test. I was 38 years old and everybody else in the class was under the age of 12. Uh, but i wanted to show my son that hey you know i'm gonna go through this with you and i i I don't care if i look like a fool i don't care if people make fun of me i i believe that you know every every success starts with you know a single step right a single you know footstep and in the right direction and that's my first step and i'm gonna be there with you and i'm gonna go through the learning pains with you um because I think that's what a great parent should do. So do you think that, well, has he had any experiences where he wanted to give up in anything that he was trying to pursue? Um, Luckily uh, with swimming, he hasn't had any of that. And karate just, it was difficult because of our schedule. So we just slowly phased it out. Unfortunately, I wish we could continue it. Um, Aikido just fit in nicely to our schedule, so we've been able to continue it. Of course, you know he's he brings up the fact, you know, what 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 would you say if I wanted to quit this or quit that? But I I tell him, you know, well, no, and I, and I explain not because I'm trying to prevent him from living his life or doing what he wants to do, but I said that you know the real goal of swimming is not so much that you become an Olympic champion or you win gold medal or anything like that. It's just Swimming gives you a great body. Swimming gives you good health and you like the water. So just keep doing it. You don't have to do it, you know, as at, at such an elite level, but just don't give up. Just keep at it because, you know, you'll get other benefits from it. Um, but I mean, that's the thing for me about martial arts and swimming and all the, all the sports. I mean, they give us so much more than just winning competitions. They give us confidence. They give us strength. They give us health. They give us, you know, the ability to fight, you know, viruses and immunity and things like that. I mean, these things are things that can last our, you know, 
our entire life if they're done properly. Um, I mean, other people just choose, you know, couch, what do you call it? Um, couch, couch potato heaven or, you know, Dorito mastery. <laughs> I mean, those kind of things are, you know, you can see where that's going to take you in five or 10 years. Um, to me, you know, I remember one of my clients many years ago, um, she said to me that the time to study is a few years before you need it. And she was referring to English and her daughter. And she said that her daughter, you know, wants to go to America to study in college. So she has to start studying, you know, five years, you know, earlier. If that's what she wants to do, she's got to start studying now, even though it's five years in the future, that's her goal. But we've got to work our way backwards, right? That's what we want to do. Well, how are you going to get there? So um, a lot of people say, I want to go to, I want to, you know, live in America. So let's start studying English. You know, I don't know. Today, to be honest, the day you should have started studying English was five years ago, if that was your goal. You know what I'm saying? So just the earlier we start things, uh, the better it is for us because time is on our side. Time was not on my side when I started. I was 32 and I started my journey of um, self-improvement, real self-improvement. But I just, I use I doubled up on my time. I, instead of doing, you know, 30 minutes a day, I invested two hours a day or three hours or four hours a day. I squeezed every second I could out of the time I had to improve myself. But if you start as a kid, it's just, wow, you know, the, the world is your oyster because, you know, as I said, my son, by the time he finishes high school, will probably have, you know, third degree black belt in karate, in Aikido, a black belt in karate, maybe even second degree in karate. Plus, he'll be, you know, a, a, have an incredible body from swimming, great lung capacity, you know, fabulous body. I mean, you know, I don't know if he wants to go into modeling, but I think he could probably do that or maybe movies or things like that. I mean, who knows? Yeah, I mean, I, I definitely agree with that uh, take. Um, the best time to, you know, do something is before you need to mm-hmm. actually do it or before that time comes up. So I definitely, and that, you know, takes some forethought and, um, you know, Mm -hmm. just a little planning really, you know, and you don't feel like Mm -hmm. you're so rushed uh, because you are you know, had that time in advance to um, really, really uh, go after it. So you started, you know, you said your self-improvement seriously and really dedicated a lot of time to it when you were 32 um, so, you know, that's kind of, well, I don't think it's ever too late, but, you know, in your mind, one's mind, they may think like, oh, mm-hmm. I'm 32, mm-hmm. I'm 37, I'm in this dojo and, you know, uh, mm-hmm. <laughs> I might look foolish, but mm-hmm. you kept going on, you know, you just kept pushing yourself through even, I would say, maybe mm-hmm. thoughts of embarrassment, possibly mm-hmm. because of the kids, and um, what that did that come from just your just uh, willingness to just be better pigheadedness maybe (laughs) (laughs) no I don't know Um, I think it was really that I I I believe I bought into my own system of using time and I believe that if I use it properly that uh, you know I I think I think I, I remember this quote by Bill Gates, who says that 
and, and he says, um, people overestimate what they can achieve in a year, but underestimate, but people underestimate what they can achieve in 10 years. And I think that's a very powerful lesson right there. Many people think that to learn a language or learn a martial art or learn something, any skill, you know, they're happy to spend six months or a year trying to do it. But, you know, two years, three years, four years, you know, most people just like, hey, it's not going to work for me. I, I gave it a shot. You know, it's not, nothing's happening. But that's not the time. That's not, you've got to give it, you know, it's due. And I think 10 years is a good amount of time to see progress in nearly anything. You know, if you learn language for two or three years, you might not get anywhere depending on where you live and who you're studying and how you're studying, uh, who you're studying with and how you're studying and what you're studying. But if you do it 10 years, over those 10 years, you're going to learn something. I really, truly do believe that. So, yeah, I, I just believed I was 30, you know, I was in my 30s. I'm like, look, I'm probably not going to kick the bucket in the next 10 years, hopefully. So I got those 10 years. Let me see what I can do with them. And now I'm 46. I still got 10 years. I believe I've got another, at least another 10 more years in, my, in me. So I'll do another 10 years of investment in my, into myself. And I think you got to look at life as these 10 minute, 10 year investments. And the first 10 years, that's just found, fun, fundamentals, you know, foundational. That's with your parenting and your schooling, things like that. Next 10 years is learning how to be an adult, growing up and building on the foundation that you have, which is why that foundation is so important those first 10 years. And that's why I want parents to be able to spend more time with their kids because that will really help strengthen that foundation. But then when you get into your 20s, from 20 to 30, 30 to 40, 40 to 50, this is where you can really make huge progress in nearly anything that you want to do because you've got the skills, you can read, you can write, you can apply yourself in any, any different thing. I mean, I, as I said, I learned martial, I've learned karate and I've learned Aikido and I started at the age of 38 um, I, I learned time management from the age of about 32. I mean, seriously, you know, learning about time management, personal development from about the age of 30. Uh, I've learned finance from the age of about 30. Uh, I learned about, I learned magic from the age of 26 to 29. I learned Japanese from the age of 19 to about 26. I mean, I invested serious amounts of time. And uh, I mean, I mean, magic was one of my shorter stints but I, I did that for you know a year and uh, two years two and a half years or so you know two almost two hours a day at that time you know so i i really did a cram course in magic so uh those those 10 years you know give give those things their due whatever you're studying whatever you want to learn whatever you want to become give it 10 years you know and see what you can get great great insight um so your um do you still is your blog still um I, yeah well i have two blogs one is uh, on my new site which is adrianshepherd.com and uh, i don't write as much as i should but yeah it's active and my other blog is i succeed book and that's where i've moved away from that but this you know i don't know uh, 500 articles there that are still available the uh, unfortunately i'm going through some redesign right now so it's a work in progress but it's still active um, but my most of my articles you can just find me on, as I said, on Business Insider or um, Entrepreneur.com or the Good Men Project, and uh, I try to write, you know, regularly. So, yeah, you can find me. You can find my ideas. 
Okay. Great. So what is your one to grow on? What valuable piece of information would you like to leave our audience with? I think, you know, I've had a few scary moments in my life. Uh, Tsunami being one, uh, almost drowning two other times, um, almost uh, in a head-on collision, things like that. Um, You know, I mean, our health... You know, we've got to take care of our health, man. I had sciatica a few years ago. It was really rough. That really slowed down my productivity and my ability to get here and there. But, um, you know, health, you got, you've got to make health, uh, you know, and you don't have to invest a lot of time, but you've got to make it a priority. You know, 20 minutes a day, 15 minutes, you know, everybody can find that. You know, and, and when I talk about health, I'm talking about like an exercise regime, that you do regularly, maybe some stretches, maybe some yoga poses, whatever that you like. If you like, if you like push-ups, do push-ups. If you like planking, do planking. But whatever you do, just do something just to get your body, you know, moving. Number two, sleep. You know, really, you know, make sure you get a good night's sleep. Get try and get seven hours as much as possible. If you can't do that, get six. But you know, aim for that seven or eight hour. That's your sweet spot. And lastly, you know, your diet. You know, work on getting better health. Um, I mean, I like potato chips as much as the next guy, but I don't eat that much. Um, you know, as your body gets older, it just can't handle, um, the rigors that we put it through when we're in our youth. So you just got to take care of our health, make health a priority. And, um, yeah, if I, I, if I could leave your audience with one thing, that would be it, you know, make health a priority. And then, and then, you know, can, that will make, you know, I think long-term you'll, you'll thank me. Thank you for listening to The New Mind Creator Podcast with your host, Maurice, The New Mind Creator. This podcast has been sponsored by Abundant Sports and True Serum. Head over to www.mauriceflornoy.com to receive more motivation and insight to help create your new mind.